who wore is there anybody willing this morning to say lord i am willing to do your will we worship the lord this morning we honor him for the great god that he is i am honored to sit in place today and to bring you a quick message and a reminder from the lord this morning my name for those of you who don't know me, is Serena Perkins Arrow, and I have the honor of being able to bring you a message today from the Lord um, in honor of our founder, Denise Smith, 
in our absence, I just want us to remember to encourage, I mean, and to remind us to pray for her and to keep um, encouraging the woman of God. She's been in the gap for us, you guys, for mighty long times. Before we even showed up on this scene, Miss Denise has taken some hits and Miss Denise has stood in the gaps for not only our marriages, but for marriages that are still yet to come and join the wives who wore ministry. So let's join together um, with the woman of God and partner with her in prayer that marriages will be whole, that they will be healed, and that they will be redeemed for the Lord's glory. Amen. Well, this morning, I just want to talk to you guys for a quick moment. I do have an actual long lesson, so I'm not sure if the Holy Spirit is going to allow us to get through it all today or not. But nevertheless, we are going to start. And today our lesson is called, God, where are you? God, where are you? Is there anyone besides me asking God, where are you? Our scripture this morning is going to come from Job 23, verses 8 through 9. It says, but if I go to the east, he is not there. If I go to the west, I do not find him. And when he is at work in the north, I do not see him. And when he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. Again, have you ever had a time where you is seen that the Lord was so close that all you had to do was to whisper his name and he was right there to answer you. But then there was a time that you could scream out his name and you would plead with him and you would beg for him to show up. But he seemed all too distant, sometimes even absent completely from your life. Well, maybe that's where you are now. And maybe your question to God would be a shout Lord, where are you? But guess what? Guess what, ladies? You're right where God wants you to be. Seeking him with a desperate heart. Jeremiah 29 and 13 reminds us, he says, you will seek me and find me and you will seek me with all of your heart. Growing pains, having to seek the Lord will cause us to have some growing pains. When I first got saved, I was saved at 11 years old in my early teens. Um, I can remember all I had to do was to cry out to the Lord. Lord, can you do this? Lord, can you help me? This one of the things that I used to, um, I, I use as a testimonial for myself is when I was 11 and 12 years old, I could not read well. And I could barely read. And when I first got saved, one of the things I used to ask for is, if you real, show me you real. And I want to be able to read. I want to be able to read really good. I mean, anybody know you could just throw it out there. And I was a child. And he says to have a childlike attitude. And I asked him to help me become a good reader. And I kid you not, in the sixth grade, seventh grade, I became an excellent reader when I was supposed to be in special ed. And it was only by way of the Holy Spirit doing that for me, but I called on him. I seeked him and he showed up for me, but I asked and it was quick. It didn't tarry with the answer. Even in those times of early, you know, when we first got saved, I'm sure I'm not the only one. When you first got saved in your early Christian life, you could recall times where you called on the Lord and he showed up. And he answered and he answered quick. Some things was like, whoa, Lord, I didn't even get that out of my mouth before you've answered. Well, let me tell you, that was in the beginning when you was a babe in Christ. 
but I know that you have grown some just like I have, and you don't been around a few more blocks. And if you just keep on living, you'll see that there'll come a time when you'll call on the Lord and it'll seem as if he's distant. It'll seem as if he's not listening to you. But again, that is the time that we need to press in. His presence is undeniable. At times, you can know that you can call on him and you'll know that his presence is undeniable. You'll know that he can he's there and he's answering you. And then other times, you won't feel that he's there at all. So again, I ask you, have you ever found yourself on your knees day after day crying out, God, what is going on? It seems like you are a million miles away. Lord, are you hearing me? Lord, do you even care? Well, let me tell you, Hebrews 11 and 6 tells us, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe first that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So says Hebrews 11 and 6 is back up again. Did you catch that? Hebrews 11 and 6 was a scripture that the Holy Spirit gave us last week with Sister Denise. Then he turned around and he allowed us to be ministered to again with Hebrews 11, the whole book. Then he turned around and used Hebrews 11 with Sister Letitia on Monday. And look at here, my scriptures today pops up in Hebrews 11 and 6. The Holy Spirit has done this on purpose. So I'm going to read it again because somebody needs to catch it. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Are you earnestly seeking the Lord? Are you expecting any benefits from God? Are you really seeking him? Let me tell you, let me help you out because the first thing that we should do and seeking the Lord is to take an honest look at our lives and evaluate if there's any sin separating us from God. Is there any sin separating you? Well, let me ask, what type of sin separates us from God? We know that all sin separates us from God. Well, I don't have any sin. You may have been the one that says, I'm not, I don't have any sin that separates me from God. Well, says, I'm going to just tell you that maybe you need to go back, sit at his feet, and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what sins you might have, whether it be hidden or exposed. Because yes, we all fall into some type of sin at some time or another, but we shouldn't stay there. So again, if you find yourself in sin, don't stay there. Remember that we all find ourselves in sin. Repent, do it quickly. And do not allow the enemy to put a stronghold on you in that area because Jesus offers us forgiveness. So receive yours. Be very watchful not to find yourself in intentional, persistent, willful sin. Let me repeat that. Be careful not to find yourself in persistent, intentional, willful sin. God will judge you. You cannot grow in any season if you're finding yourself in sin. Second Chronicles 7 and 14 tells us that if my people who are called by my name 
will humble themselves and pray and seek his face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Have you found yourself asking God again, over and over again, where are you? Don't you hear me, Lord? Lord, are you still with me? I've learned in life. We got two choices, y'all. Either give up or press through the resistance with a passionate pursuit towards the lover of your soul, which is Jesus Christ. I'm choosing the latter. I'm going to pursue Christ with all of me. Ladies, pursue Christ with all of you. God is present even when you cannot feel him. I've had to remind myself that a lot these last few months, that God is present even when I cannot feel him. I show up every week and I minister to myself first and then to each of you, even in a season where I may not see the Lord visibly in my situation. But I trust him. I trust a God that cannot fail. I trust a God that is never lied, that has made a promise, and he's a promise keeper. So I have no fear about where I am putting my faith. It is in a promise keeper. So I hold on, and I encourage you today to hold on. God is present when you cannot fail him. It's in these times, you guys, that the test of our faith and the patience is in the midst that we strengthen our, our we strengthen our faith. When we're tested, when we don't hear him, that's when he's strengthening our faith. Just hold on. You'll find God in the hard places. I have found God in the hard places. I have found him because I have seeked him. I have seeked him through his word. I have seeked him in prayer time. I have seeked him and honored him in worship. These are, it's a lifestyle. It's not even a habit. It's a lifestyle. It's who I am. Ladies, let it become who you are. Faith should be our foundation in all seasons, in every season of your life, whether you're on the mountaintop or in the valley, faith should be our foundation in all seasons. Seek God with your whole heart. As babies grow, the level of assistance they receive change and it's to encourage the growth development. Do you not know that God does the same thing with us? When we're newly born again and filled with his spirit for a season, he manifests himself at our every cry. That's when you're a babe in Christ and you can ask him for anything. And it seems like he answers at a drop of a dime. But as you grow and then after time passes and hopefully you've moved beyond just needing milk and wanting milk, see Hebrews 5 and 12. But in order to help us grow up and to mature, he allows us to grow through times in which he does not respond instantly to our every call. It's meant to mature us spiritually. How are you doing, sis? Are you maturing spiritually? Are you fighting the Lord about growing spiritually because things are not working out for you. Things are not going the way that you planned. Things 
it doesn't seem like he's answering. It doesn't seem like his hand is on it. How are you responding? Are you still needing milk? Hebrews 5 and 12, it says, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Lord forbid that be us, especially those of us who's been saved for some time. Sis, if you've been saved for over a year and you still on milk, something wrong. We feed our babies milk for a year and we slowly migrate them into solid foods. Are you still drinking milk spiritually? Or are you able to be given some food with some density? Are you able to eat the meat? Can you chew on it? Can you digest it? Self-check. Where you find yourself at? Again, what are you eating? First Corinthians chapter three, verses one through two. It says, brothers and sisters, I cannot address you as people who live by the spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. Don't be the one that's not ready for the solid food. Based upon your faith, are you still drinking milk or are you eating solid food? I say this not to condemn you, but to convict you to grow in your faith, sis. We got to grow. The Lord helped me understand that growing in spiritual maturity was a process that every person must experience from childhood to adulthood. So in your spiritual walk, in your spiritual life, you got a childhood and an adulthood. You have to grow spiritually from being a child spiritually into being a mature spiritual adult. The truth is, is you're not just going through the wilderness season, but you're going through it. Growing through it. You're not just going through the wilderness season. You should be growing through the wilderness season. You were sent into the wilderness to grow and to mature into all God created you to become. Ladies, are you becoming what God created you to become? So I encourage you today to embrace the wilderness season and seek God for direction and clarity to your, for your next move. Embrace the wilderness season. You, it was not sent, you were not sent into the wilderness season to kill you, but to develop you. I, Serena, was not sent into this wilderness season to be slaughtered by the enemy, but the Lord is developing me. And yes, sis, I have to remind myself that. Can I be completely transparent? Sometimes you're going to have to just tell yourself, Serena, Serena, the word says, Serena, I know it may look like this, but Serena, that's not from God. Serena, line your thoughts back up with the word of God. Serena, hold on to your faith. Call your name out. 
and don't move until you feel you are growing through your wilderness season. Hebrews 5 and 8 tells us, son, though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. It's talking about Jesus. Are you his daughter and are you willing to learn obedience through what you're suffering? We all got different plates being served at our tables. Are you okay with what's being served at your table to know that from your obedience, you're going to learn and grow in your faith? Well, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17 and 18, it says, For our light afflictions, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We've got to remind ourselves to look at the things that we have not seen, but we are believing God for. Have a positive perspective. Have a positive perspective. Your wilderness season is for maturing purposes. Your spiritual wilderness does not have to be negative times if you are submitted to obeying God. It doesn't have to be. I know this sounds crazy. However, the desert's purpose is to bring about positive change to train, to purify, to strengthen, and to prepare us for our new move of God's spirit, a new move of God's spirit. I know we all don't have a move before, but is there anybody looking for God to give you a new move of his spirit? God is alive and he's well. We need a new move of his spirit. Resulting and us becoming more fruitful for the kingdom of God. Anybody want to be fruitful for the kingdom of God? Oftentimes when we enter the wilderness, many people panic and behave unwisely out of their emotions. Ladies, we have no time to be acting out of our emotions at all. An example might be a radical change in a career or a change from one church to another, or a drastic move in, in their life that they think will bring instant happiness or to restore what is normal. I've been guilty of making some of these choices. I'm sure I'm not by myself. For a person that's relationally hurt, it might be leaping towards a new relationship after the hurt of a painful breakup. If you search for an escape before you get a revelation and understanding to why God has you in that particular situation, you'll prolong your wilderness season, sis. I hope you heard me. If you search for an escape before the revelation and understanding to why God have you in that wilderness season, you will prolong your wilderness season. There's no getting out of it quick. There's no shortcuts in the wilderness. Either you get the lesson and you move on or you don't get the lesson and you repeat. I'm done repeating. Anybody else done repeating? This may even cause more hardship or frustration, even defeat, because you don't understand the season or the place to which God has led you. 
The children of Israel wandered for 40 years in the wilderness, you guys. Many died in the wilderness. They never reached God's promises and his desired destination for them. What was to be a one-year wilderness journey became a lifetime experience for them. Are you allowing your short temporal wilderness experience to be drawn out over year after year after year? That is not God's plan for us, but he has a plan for us and he wants us to be equipped. He wants us to be prepared. He wants us to be ready. So in order to get us there, he has to take us through the wilderness in order to prepare us and to get us where we need to be. The question is, is are you getting the lesson? Are you allowing him to purify those ungodly things inside of you? God's promises in leading the children of Israel into the wilderness was a test to train and to prepare them to be mighty warriors able to capture and occupy their divine promise, the new homeland. But instead, the children of Israel perceived the wilderness as punishment. How many of us is perceiving this wilderness as punishment? Lord, why me? I didn't deserve this. Lord, why am I being punished? I know I'm not the only one. Help us, Jesus. They murmured, they complained, and they lusted constantly. Let us not be the one being found complaining and murmuring and lusting after anything. Do you find yourself murmuring and complaining about the hard seasons in your life? Or do you take them as learning lessons and choose to grow? That's what the Lord wants us to ask ourselves. If we can learn to recognize when we have entered the wilderness experience, we can avoid complaining and being thankful that beyond this place is a promised land. If you can only recognize that you've entered into a wilderness season when you enter into your experiences, it'll help you eliminate the extra murmuring and complaining, and you'll find yourself in a place of gratitude and appreciation and wanting to seek God because you don't want to repeat this test no more. You don't want to remain in the wilderness any longer than what God had originally intended for you to be there. Yes, God sent them in the wilderness. Yes, God sent Jesus to the wilderness. Yes, God sending us in the wilderness is not to kill us, is to develop us, is to purify us, is to help build your faith. It's a benefit in the wilderness. There's benefits to being in the wilderness. God is faithful to keep his word. Now we must keep watch over our words though. Because words, God is faithful to keep his word. Now we must keep watch over our words in these challenging seasons. The power of life and death is in your tongue. Proverbs 18 and 21 tells us that the tongue has power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. Let me ask you again. What are you speaking over your life? What are you speaking over your marriage? What are you speaking over your children? 
What are you speaking over your ministry, your finances, or your career? What are you speaking? Speak those things that you're expecting into existence. Speak them into existence. You have power in your tongue. Ephesians 4 and 29 tells us, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearer. Are you allowing corrupt communication to come out of your mouth, sis? I know you're tired. I know you're frustrated. I know it's not fair. But are you speaking death? Or are you speaking life? You're going to eat it. So if you want good, speak good. You want death, keep speaking death. Keep saying you're tired, you're going to be tired. Keep saying you want out, you're going to get out. Even if you got ailments in your body, I'm hurting. You're going to hurt, sis. Stop speaking it. I'm healed. I'm whole. Yep, I got the ache in the back, but I'm still healed. Yep, it's a little tender, but it's all right. It's killing right now. We have power in our tongues. James 1, 19, it says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Let me ask you. What's your words looking like? Are you keeping watch over your words? Are you keeping watch over your words? If you haven't been, let today be the first day. Let today be the day that you remind yourself that you have power of life and death in your tongue. Speak life over your marriage. Speak life over yourself. Speak life over your ministry. Speak life over your children. Speak life over your ministry. Speak life over your businesses. Speak life over your neighborhood. How about speaking life over people that you don't even know as you're walking to the grocery store today, as you're riding down the street? Speak life over the person that you ride next to. Speak life on the, over the people that's riding on Highway 4 today or whatever highway you might find yourself on in or on. Speak life. It costs you nothing. And I promise you, you feel better after you do. The refining process. The Lord wants to refine us. In the wilderness season, it is meant to refine us. God will allow you to be in a furnace in order to purify you. The fire God uses for refining us is trials and tribulations. The heat of the challenges separates our impurities from the character of God in our lives thus creating a pure vessel. Anybody want to be a pure vessel? I want to be a pure vessel. James 1 and 2, James 1 verses 2 through 4, I'm sorry, says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have our perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Let God purify you in the refining process. James 1, 
two and four, that scripture is. First Peter one verses six and seven says, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in the heaviness through manifold temptation, that the trial of your faith be much more precious than that of gold that perish, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Ladies, the trials you go through are refining you for your purpose. The trials that I am going through are refining me for my purpose. Remind yourself that when it gets tough, when it gets hard, remind yourself that God has a purpose. Though you will be tried, you will come out as gold with no smell of smoke and no residue of ever being in a furnace. Glory be unto God. First Peter 4 and 1, it says, For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. Open up your mouths and begin to ask God to give you discernment to recognize the tests and the trials for what they are so that you can keep a level head with your faith anchored in him. Ask the Lord, Lord, let us keep our eyes on you. Let us stay focused and anchored in you, Lord God, so that we will not be shifted in the season of being placed in the wilderness. Lord, give us more discernment to know your perfect will. Ask him. God says he gives wisdom to all who ask and he gives it liberally. Part of that discernment is having wisdom. Ask him for it. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Living tapped into God's discernment is the only way we'll make it through the test and the trials. You have to have God's discernment, ladies. Discernment. Living tapped into God's discernment changes the game. The enemy cannot deceive you. He cannot trick you. He cannot be swindle you and he can't wear you out before your time. Because you already will have wisdom to know the attack is coming. You'll know how to approach the attack. You'll know how to get through it because you've already tapped into the discernment that comes from God. God does not bring us into the wilderness to frustrate us and to get us to give up. He's a sovereign God and he wants us to make it. The wilderness is not intended to be a place of failure either. It's intended to be a place of victory. So are you Seeking your victory in your place of your wilderness season? Are you looking forward to the victory at the end of your wilderness season? Don't get stuck in the wilderness season looking at the circumstances. It says you'll fall off. You're going to have to keep your eye on the prize, which is Jesus Christ. You're going to have to remind yourself of his word. You're going to have to fight. We have to fight, ladies. 
Begin to tell God to stir up the gift of God in me. Come forth, Holy Spirit, with your living water. Spring up the well in my soul, Lord God. Spring up the well of living water inside of me so that I won't fail in this test, that I won't give up in the wilderness season. Call out to God. Make it a habit of praying and speaking the word of God daily. Daily. Ladies, I got scriptures. I got cards. They all over my house. From, from my desk in my room to my bathroom mirror to my living room table to my bag in my purse to my car. I have written out scriptures that has gotten me through this wilderness season. It's times, y'all, that I literally have not been able to breathe. And I'll turn around and I'll look and he'll have a word. Because I was obedient in seeking him in the wilderness. I didn't just sit on the milk. I'm, I'm chewing and I'm eating the meat. I'm on solid food. So I need to remind myself, no matter how long you've been saved, you need to develop your growth. And you need to know the word of God because it's alive, it's active, and it has the ability to change things. There's nothing too hard for God. So fight. Begin to trust God. Begin to tell him what it is that you need from him, that you need his living well to live inside of you. John 7, 37 and 39, and I'm almost closing. It says, on the last and the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who thirsts come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scriptures have said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the spirit whom those who have believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. In Proverbs 10 and 11, it tells us the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Again, what are you speaking? What is coming out of your mouth, ladies? There's living water down in the inside of our souls. We just need to dig deep. In your dry place, it's not a time to quit. It's time to dig within and rely on God's word. You have to dig within and rely on God's word. Whoever believes in me, as scriptures have said, he said, rivers of living water will flow within them. You want the living water of Jesus Christ to flow within you. You believe in him? Seek him. John 7 and 38. And I know I've given you a lot of scriptures. So if you didn't have a notebook today, I'm going to encourage you, sis, to go back, listen to the replay, because this message truly is not even the message that I had originally for today. The Holy Spirit shifted it yesterday and I received it and I accept it. And I know that he's here today to remind us to hold on and to fight in this wilderness season because someone needs to know again to wait well while you're waiting on God to show up. So John 7 and 38, it says, the wilderness is a place we visit, is not our ultimate destination. If handled correctly, you will experience victory in the wilderness. 
are you willing to, I know you want to experience victory, but are you willing to do the work to get to the victory in the wilderness? It's going to cost you something. We keep telling you, either myself, Sister Denise, Letitia, Takia, you're going to have to do the work. Are you willing to do the work? Wait on God's timing. In this wilderness season, we cannot choose to go before him. We can't choose to go behind him either. We got to stick with him. Wait on God's timing. It's perfect. Trust God through the process. Promotion is coming, ladies. The restoration is coming. The healing is coming. It's coming. Just wait on them. Psalms 138 verse 8 says, the Lord will vindicate me. Your love, Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. He will not abandon us. He reminds us in his word that he will not abandon us. Psalms 31 and 15 says, my times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies. For those who pursue me, he's faithful to deliver you from the hands of your enemies. Proverbs 3 and 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Ladies, trust in the Lord. Lean not to your own understanding. And then the very last scripture I got, and I'm closing, is Jeremiah 29, 11 and 13. 11 through 13. Most people read Jeremiah 29 and 11. The Lord said, I want Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13 to be read. So take note, sis, that it says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Many of us is used to, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope in the future. And we typically stop there. Well, no, verse 12 says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me. So not only are we calling on him, but we're going to go to him and pray to him. And then he says, then I will listen to you. Then I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me. And you will seek me with your heart. What's for you will always be for you. If God said it, then it's done. Trust God. Ladies, choose to grow and develop while traveling through your wilderness experience. Again, choose to grow and develop while you're in your wilderness experience. That's it. That's all that the Lord has for us today. I pray that you were blessed. Let us pray, Lord God. I bless you. I thank you, Holy God, for being the God that you are. I thank you for loving us beyond what we can even possibly imagine. I thank you for being the great I am. I thank you for being the giver of our lives, of our purpose, 
of our destinies, Lord God. I thank you that you have a great plan for us. I thank you that your plans is yes and amen. I thank you, Lord God, that you have a magnificent plan for each and every woman on this line. Lord God, I thank you for your strength in our weakness. I thank you that you said that in times of weakness, you are made strong. So Lord God, we thank you for showing up strong on our behalf. We thank you for showing up when we've been weak and tired and estranged, Lord God. We thank you that you didn't allow us to give up. We thank you, Lord God, that you keep our feet steadfast and girded in you. Lord God, even when we've fallen off, have mercy on us. Forgive us for our sins. Forgive us for our shortcomings. Forgive us for anything that we may have thought about or done that was displeasing to you. Have mercy on us, Lord God. Give us the mind of Christ. Give us a heart that seeks to please you. Give us a heart that desires to chase after you, Lord God, and give us a heart that will never give up on you. Lord, allow us not to be discouraged and deterred by our circumstances of life, but to be encouraged to hold on, to be encouraged to stand just another day, Lord God, because we know that you have us. So, Lord, we thank you today for reminding us that even when you're not present, you are. Thank you, Lord, that in the wilderness seasons of our life is not meant to destroy us, but to develop us and to purify us for your purpose. So we thank you for our purpose. We thank you that it will not be in vain, Lord God. We thank you that we'll operate in obedience to you. And we thank you that we'll continue to be mindful of the sinful things that try to attach to us so that we will be not hindered by sin but that we'll be able to cast it off easily and lay it at your feet, Lord God, and be no more part of it. So we thank you, Lord God, for calling us out of the darkness. I thank you, Lord God, for delivering us from our sins, Lord God. Thank you for helping us to get it right. Thank you for helping us to hold on. Thank you, Lord God, for keeping us steadfast again in your word. Lord God, give us a greater desire to seek you, to please you, Lord God, some of us is not reading our word every day. Lord, give us the desire to read your word. Give us the desire to seek after you. Lord, when the enemy has come and tried to discourage us in that area, I ask that you would now bind the enemy and that you would cast him back to hell, Lord God, so that we will be free, free to worship, free to praise, free to sit in your presence, Lord God. Allow us the freedom that comes by your presence. So we thank you for the freedom that is offered to us in your presence. We thank you for the power and the anointing that you have given us in your word and in the blood of your son, Jesus, and in his name. So, Lord, I thank you for giving us tools today to operate and to be able to hold on. So, Lord, I thank you for meeting us in this space, in this place. I ask that you would go with us, be with us, protect us and keep us close to you, Lord God. Watch over the woman of this ministry, Lord God, our first lady, Denise, and she's away, Lord God, with her husband. I pray that they had a wonderful anniversary, Lord God. I thank you again for their union, 19 beautiful years. Lord, I ask that you would give them many, many more. Lord God, that you would continue to keep them, that you would continue to allow your angels to grace their marriage. 
and their ministries and their businesses, Lord God. So I ask that you would cover them, bless them, even as they travel back home this week, that you would give them traveling grace. I ask that you would do it for every single wife, Lord, every single wife that is standing in the gap for a husband right now. I ask that you would give her the strength to stand in the gap. I ask that you would not allow her to grow weary. I would ask that you would not allow her to grow faint, but Lord God, that you would gird us up and that you would strengthen us to be the wives that you've called us to be, that we would pray for our husbands and that we would not pray on them. Lord God, that we would not pray amiss, but that we would first seek for a clean heart and that we would clean our slate, Lord God, so that we would be able to pray in the right spirit concerning what it is that you have put before us and that you have us to be concerned with. So we give you all the glory, all the praise, all the honor, because you alone deserve it. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. And amen. Ladies, go be great. Have a wonderful day. See you here tomorrow, same time, same space. Have a wonderful day. Go be great, ladies. God bless you all.